Welcome back to the 10 Blocks podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. New York City public schools are the largest school system in the country. The district teaches more than 1 million students at nearly 2,000 separate schools throughout the city. Public schools in New York have improved since reforms under Mayor Bloomberg in the early 2000s. But over the last year or so, all of the news surrounding the schools is about Mayor de Blasio's pick for Chancellor Richard Carranza. Since he was appointed to the job in March of last year, Mr. Carranza has transformed the city's Department of Education into a model for social justice advocacy. He speaks openly about racial issues, he's ordered employees to undergo racial sensitivity training, and he's a vocal opponent of the specialized high school admissions test for the city's elite schools, saying that they're racist. Carranza's rhetoric consistently makes front-page news in the city's tabloids, and nine members of the city council signed a letter last month to condemn his leadership. To talk about what's going on with the controversies in New York's public schools, our associate editor Seth Barron will talk with Ray DeMonico. Ray is the director of education policy at the Manhattan Institute, and he's a lot of experience in city schools. That's it for me. The conversation between Seth Barron and Ray DeMonico begins after this. Welcome back to 10 Blocks, the podcast of City Journal. This is Seth Barron, associate editor for City Journal. Richard Carranza has been running New York City's schools for the last 15 months, and he's certainly generated a lot of heat. But, some would argue, not too much light. Ray Domenico is the director of education policy at the Manhattan Institute. Ray joins me now to talk about the leadership of the city's schools. So, Ray, your latest piece for City Journal is called Richard Carranza's Deflections. What do you mean by this? What I mean by this is that we've had a long period of uh, various efforts through many chancellors to improve the school system, particularly for low-income children of color. A lot of that has paid off. Uh, There's an awful lot that's been going on in terms of improvement in the school system. But into this mix, Chancellor Carranza steps, and he tells us that there's this problem of inherent bias in the school system. What's lacking from his uh, his discussion is any tangible program to make improvements to the school system. Well, I mean, do you disagree with the principle that implicit racial bias on the part of school faculty is holding back minority youth? In a system as large as New York City's with over a million students and close to 100,000 employees, I'm sure there are individualized cases of, of bias. But uh, that needs to be dealt with specifically. You know, it's not, it's not a citywide problem, I believe, that, uh, uh, that needs to be addressed. And, and pursuing this approach in which he has claimed this is rampant throughout the school system and in which now all employees must go through anti-bias training, it seems uh, to me to be a, a bit of a slap to all of the, all of the uh, people who have preceded him in the chancellor's office in the last 30 years or so. Uh, close to two-thirds of whom were minorities themselves. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, these, are, these are the people who appointed a lot of the folks in the school system. They hired them. Uh, Mayor de Blasio has been in for five years now. A lot of people were appointed under his watch. 
And yet Chancellor Carranza tells us that, that there is this rampant, rampant bias and has to be dealt with. I don't think that that is true. I think there are specific examples of inequities in the school system, but they require specific responses, not this general approach that, uh, you know, sort of leaves him in a position where uh, two and a half, three years from now, when his term is over and the mayor's term is over, we're not going to see anything uh, from this approach. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I guess I, I don't think most people think of the the United Federation of Teachers as being a hotbed of like clan sympathy or white supremacy. It's a pretty liberal organization. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the, the schools in the city of New York, uh, the nation's largest school system, have been predominantly black and Latino for decades. I mean, this goes back to the, to the 1970s. I don't think it's the type of school system that will be attractive to people with racist tendencies. I think there are an awful lot of people, uh, the vast majority of people who work into the school system, whether they are black or Latino themselves or white, who are dedicated to improving uh, conditions uh, for black and Latino youngsters. Now, a major initiative of the mayor and the chancellor has been to desegregate um, middle schools in a number of New York City districts. How does this, you know, feature in their plans to improve the schools? And how do, what does this have to do with the implicit bias training? It, do you see this as a positive step? I think in specific cases, you know, it, it might be called for. Uh, I, I did a report earlier this year for the Manhattan Institute which looked at the middle school program. Uh, but what I pointed out in that report, and it remains true, is that this is not going to be the route to improving middle school education for the vast majority of black and Latino uh, youngsters. There are only a finite number of middle schools in the city that are majority white or majority white and Asian. So they're going to run out of uh, runway pretty quickly on this approach, and there are still going to be thousands upon thousands of black and Latino kids uh, stuck in lower-performing middle schools. They, they need to do something beyond this. I guess I get confused. Is the argument that, it's, that these schools are better because there are more white kids in them, or is it that the schools with the white kids attract more resources? What is the advantage, if you're a black or Latino parent, of having your kid go to a school that has more white children? Uh, is there a proximity measure that improves education for minority kids? I don't think the chancellor has been very explicit in explaining to us why this is an issue. The research itself is very complicated. There have been some studies which indicate that uh, a mix of schools, a mix of students in schools might lead to some benefit, but we're up against some pretty stark numbers in New York City. Uh, over 40% of the New York City public school population is uh, Hispanic, and uh, uh, close to 30% is black. And uh, there are more Asian students than whites in New York City. Both of those groups come in around 15 16%. So if it were true that integration were a necessity to have good schools, we're going to run out of sort of the white kids to, to move around. 
The other group of schools, though, that, that uh, suggest that success can be attained without this approach would be the charter schools in New York City, which are doing better than the district-run public schools, over a close to 120,000 students in charter schools right now in New York City. And the vast, vast majority of them are uh, uh, black and Hispanic. These are schools of choice for, uh, for families uh, uh, of color in the city who are seeking better alternatives. At the same time, there are private schools, particularly Catholic schools and other religious schools that serve the black and Latino community. There are quite a few students enrolled there, and those schools seem to be doing well. We're taking a quick break to talk about The Beat. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard us mention it before. But if you're in the New York area and you like to follow policy and politics in the city and state, The Beat is a newsletter that gives insight on housing, education, homelessness, infrastructure, and lots more, delivered right to your inbox three times a week. You can find it at www.thebeatmi.com. That's www.thebeatmi.com. Well, what kind of changes, then, would you suggest that the, the chancellor make? Or what kind of actions should he take to improve education, improve schools for, you know, the, the vast middle? So what I would really like to see is for him to speak in very specific terms about what are, where are the areas where the system is falling short, where are the inequities, and come up with specific solutions to those problems. Uh, Mayor de Blasio's predecessor, Mayor Bloomberg, for 12 years ran a very aggressive school improvement uh, strategy uh, in which, uh, under a number of chancellors, they identified low-performing public schools in the city, they closed those schools down, and they created new opportunities for students, largely in black and Latino communities. Not all of those schools were charter schools. You know, charter schools experienced a tremendous growth under Mayor Bloomberg, but they had a parallel program where they allowed unionized public school educators to create new small schools, and many of those schools succeeded as well. This mayor and this chancellor's uh, continuing it, uh, completely dropped that whole approach. They are not supportive of the creation of new charter schools. They, uh, Mayor de Blasio invested a tremendous amount of money in the Renewal Schools Program, a failed attempt to fix schools that really should have been closed and replaced, as, as his predecessor did. And now Chancellor Carranza is, is uh, uh, getting us deeper into this hole by pursuing this um, uh, sort of intangible Anti, you know, this anti-bias training with that rather than being specific about, you know, where the problems are and how he's going to solve them. Well, critics of charter schools often say that charter schools take all the good students, all the, the students with parents who care about education, uh, and essentially cherry pick them, put them into these charter schools. Uh, they suck resources from the district schools while leaving the district schools with the hardest cases. Is that a fair characterization? No, it's absolutely not fair. And all of the research and information runs in the opposite direction. Charter schools admit students based on a lottery uh, uh, system. Uh, academic research, uh, very disciplined research, 
has shown that in New York City, uh, public schools in proximity to new and growing charter schools did not suffer because of uh, the, the establishment of charter schools in certain communities. And at the broader level, I've documented in, in reports from the Manhattan Institute that at the same time, from 2000 to 2016, where charter school enrollment in the city was going from essentially zero to close to 120,000, the public schools improved as well. The public schools improved. Spending on, on the public schools, the traditional public schools, has gone up tremendously. So the notion that the growth in charter schools has, is somehow come at the expense of traditional district schools is simply not true. Well, some advocates argue that the problem with the district schools is that, I mean, you brought up funding, is that they're basically underfunded and that the state has, has dropped the ball on funding public schools. So if we were to bring the funding of city schools up to that of suburban jurisdictions, wouldn't that improve schooling for all of the New York City's kids? So I've been, I've been studying the New York City public school system for a long, long time, close to 40 years now. Um, spending has always gone up every year, and, and particularly under this mayor, it has gone up dramatically. Most of that goes for uh, increases in teacher salaries. Uh, personnel costs are the biggest costs of the school system. I wish it were true that simply spending more money uh, would improve the schools. But what we've learned over time is the money has to be spent wisely. And again, it has to be targeted, not these across-the-board increases. So it sounds like we're uh, in, a, in a tough situation now because de Blasio has another two and a half, three years in his term. Uh, it doesn't sound like we're headed in the right direction. Is there, is there a chance for meaningful change at this point? Uh, the hope lies in the good people who work in the school system. Uh, there are many of them. Uh, I cannot argue that there is any evidence that schools have gotten demonstrably worse under Mayor de Blasio. The improvement that began under Mayor Bloomberg has continued. Uh, we'll see if that continues for the next two and a half years. But there are very good people working in the school system, and they continue to do their job day in and day out, no matter what's going on at uh, Tweed Courthouse or in City Hall. Well, that sounds like good news on some level. Uh, we'd like to hear your comments about today's episode on Twitter at City Journal, hashtag 10blocks. If you like our show and want to hear more of it, please leave ratings and reviews on iTunes. This is your host, Seth Barron. Ray, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.